Welcome to Torah from Temple of Aaron in St. Paul, Minnesota. Here is the place to hear much of the great sermons, teachings, and speakers happening each week at our synagogue. Whether you are able to make it in person or not, each week you will find new Jewish content to inspire, motivate, and bring meaning to you wherever you find yourself. I hope you enjoy the teaching and feel free to contact us anytime about it by calling us at 651-252-6411 or emailing us at Rabbi Marcus Rubenstein at templeofaron.org. Enjoy and we hope to see you soon. This is a sermon about that time the daylight running light bulb in my Jeep needed to be replaced. It might come as a shock to you, but I happen to know next to nothing about the mechanics of cars. The extent of my car maintenance ability is pretty much texting Ben Saxon and making a service appointment at Invergrove Ford. But when the alert came on my dashboard that my daylight running light bulb needed to be replaced, I somehow got it in my head that this was something I should do myself. Step one, Google what a daylight running light bulb is. Check. Step two, order the light bulb. Step two and a half, order the correct light bulb after the first light bulb I ordered wasn't right. Step three, Google how to replace the daylight running light in a Jeep Renegade. Now, I don't know if this is generational, but I know for me that whenever I run into something that I don't know how to do, whether it be how to hard boil the perfect egg or add up a column of numbers in Excel or how to change the light bulb in my car, my first step always is to turn to Google. I'll even let you in on a rabbi secret. There are times when one of you will ask me a Jewish question and my first step then too is to turn to what we affectionately call Rabbi Google. So why does this work? Why can I turn to Rabbi Google, Mechanic Google, Chef Google, and more? Google, of course, knows nothing. What it is able to do is to harness the collective knowledge of the hundreds and thousands and millions of people who have taken the time to upload articles and blog posts and YouTube videos teaching us how to do seemingly everything. Googling works because millions of individuals decided that they would take the time to take their small area of expertise and share it with all of us. And that is precisely what being in community is all about. Each and every person in this room is incredibly blessed. We are blessed with the truly remarkable gift that is the Temple of Aaron community. The power of the community is the collective power of dozens and hundreds of individuals who take the opportunity to expand their worlds beyond themselves and beyond their immediate families. The power of community is in these individuals, you and the person sitting next to you, saying, what can I contribute? What can I teach? What can I lend? What can I give to be of service to the person sitting next to me? We will hear today testimonials from three of our community members. 
In your second day books, you have written testimonials from several more. Each of these community members comes from a different walk of life, a different set of circumstances. But what each of them have in common is that they have experienced the transformative power of our community. The phone calls answered, the meals cooked and delivered, the shivas attended. In the Torah portion we read yesterday, we read the heartbreaking exile of Hagar from the house of Abraham. Banished into the wilderness with her young son, we read, and she wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water was gone from the skin, she left the child under one of the bushes and went and sat down at a distance a bow shot away. For she thought, let me not look on as the child dies. And sitting thus afar, she burst into tears. This has to be one of the most gut-wrenchingly painful scenes in our Torah. A mother, already in a vulnerable position as a maidservant instead of a wife, banished from her home with her child, desperate without water in the heat of the desert. The desolate desperation of a parent leaving her child in the shade of the bushes for she cannot bear to watch him die. If we took this reading seriously, tears would well in our own eyes as they burst forth from hers. But our story continues. God heard the cry of the boy. If we are paying attention, this sentence makes no sense. Hagar burst into tears, but God heard the cry of the boy? Hagar is the one crying, not the boy. Well, our rabbis notice this exact inconsistency. Rashi comes in and teaches that this line means that the prayer of a sick person on their own behalf reaches heaven faster than the prayers of others on their behalf. And in some ways, this teaching makes sense. No one knows our own pain, our experience, our needs, our path to healing better than we know ourselves. But what does this mean about community? Does this teach us that we are better off trying to be self-sufficient, praying for our own healing, working toward our own self-care, everyone out for themselves? I don't think so, and Chis Kuni, another traditional commentator, agrees. He looks at Rashi's teaching, and he brings in another teaching from the Talmud. A prisoner cannot liberate himself from jail. He needs someone else to do that for him. Chizkuni asks, don't these two teachings contradict one another? One teaches that our own prayers for ourselves are more effective than the prayers of others on our behalf. And the second teaches that we cannot free ourselves from jail. We need to rely on others to do it for us. So which is the truth? Is it better to be self-sufficient or is it better to rely on others? The Chizkuni resolves the seeming contradiction by teaching, what is meant is that the state of mind of the average sick person is such that he cannot pray with the required devotion. 
if he could, God will respond to him first. And herein lies the true power of community. How many of us yearn for a reality where we don't need to rely on anyone else? where we can take care of ourselves completely. We don't need to ever enter into that vulnerable position of relying on others to care for us. If only we could do that, we dream, we would never have to face the disappointment of unmet expectations, the disappointment of not receiving that phone call we really needed, of having our friends and family and community just fall short. I know that feeling of wanting to go it alone, to be self-sufficient, to rely on no one but myself. And the Torah even tells us this is a value. We should pray for our own healing. But just as quickly as we will pull out our phones to Google a how-to, we will be reminded that we need each other. Chizkuni teaches that our state of mind, our mental and emotional capacity when we are sick, when we are hurting, when we are in pain and grief, makes it so that sometimes we can't pray. We can't heal ourselves when what we need is not self-care, but other care, community care. There will be times in each of our lives when we desperately need the care of our community. When like Ishmael, we need Hagar to pray for us because we don't have the capacity, the emotional or spiritual strength to pray for ourselves. And in order for us to know that we will have the community ready to be there for us when we need them, we need to be there for others in the community when they need us. It is up to each individual in our community, you and the person sitting next to you, to show up to be there for our community, knowing there will be a time when we need the community there for us. At its core, that is the incredible power of community and the incredible power of our community. I know that many of us already do this every day in hundreds of ways, big and small. Today, I am offering one more opportunity it says here, I'm excited to announce, but our Aronian came a week early. So you already know I'm excited to reinforce the relaunching of our Loving Kindness Committee, a group of individuals in our community who will come together to be there for our community. We will begin in the way of all good Jewish beginnings with food. Two to three times a year, we will gather together here at Temple of Aaron to cook bulk batches of soup and challah and brownies to freeze in small packages and have available to bring to anyone in our community who needs it. Those who have just had a baby, those recovering from illness, those who are caring for a loved one, and those who just need a reminder that they are loved and seen. I'm incredibly grateful and proud to share that our sisterhood has already contributed a lead gift to begin this vital project for our community. And so I am inviting you, all of you, to join me. This will only work if everyone joins in. We need your monetary donations. We need your volunteer hours organizing our work. We need your hands in the kitchen helping us to cook. We need your children decorating cards. 
We need you in your cars delivering meals. So I invite you to take the flyer that's in your second day book home with you today as a reminder to sign up just as soon as the holiday ends. We will be cooking several times throughout the year, so if you are at all interested in joining us, sign up so we can reach out when the cooking dates are approaching. And now to bring my sermon to a close, I promised that this was a sermon about my car's daylight running light. Was it fixed? It was, but it was certainly not fixed by me. It turns out that the best YouTube video in the world can't make me a, a mechanic. And so I turned to my community, in this case, my father-in-law, who with a screwdriver and flashlight was able to do what I couldn't do. My daylight running light is now happily in place, thanks to my community. Shana Tova.